Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. Hey everybody, this is Kyle V, host of the Ozark Podcast. If you like the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast, we have a show for you. We sit down with local outdoorsmen of Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma to talk all things hunting, fishing, conservation, history, and culture in the Ozark Mountains region. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts to discuss the pursuits of hunting turkeys, bears, and whitetail, as well as the science behind their conservation. Join me and my co-host Kyle Plunkett every Wednesday and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. In this edition of the outro, it's just me and the Ginger Bowhunter. How you doing over there, Ginger Bowhunter? Doing excellent. Listen now, we've had a we've had a very busy week with not only just episodes, but just a lot of other things going on. So it has been a very very busy week. As people are listening to this right now, I'll be driving eastbound and down to North Carolina uh, mm-hmm. to do Pepper's uh, NA test, natural abilities test coming up soon. Actually, that's on Saturday. But yeah, um, been very busy. Dude, this week's been pretty pretty crazy because not only we got three episodes on you know for the Southern Norseman coming out, but we also had our one episode for the Southern Waters Fishing Podcast came out, and uh, dude, it's been it's been a good time. So, yep, busy uh, is good. Yep. Busy is busy is very good. Busy is very good. So, um, but to kind of start off this week, kind of do some uh, kind of highlights from some of this, these episodes that have come out so far this week. Uh, Mike Pentecost Monday, uh, you know, well, persistence. What was the name of that episode, Andrew? You named it perception. Perception. Why well, say perception? Well, it is persistence, dude. Perception kills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his three P's: uh, persistence, perception, perseverance. Man, <laughs> I'm a good student. I remember him. 
Only because I've listened to that like four times now. Oh. Uh, I have, dude. It's, I really yeah. like talking to Mike Pentecost. He's a... Me and you were talking about this. Uh, guys like him compared mm. to... no And absolutely no disrespect to like other turkey hunters, but guys like him, like that older generation of guys, something about talking to them, dude, like really fires you up. Yeah, those are the guys that get me like super fired up about turkey hunting. It's just because they like they get it's like it's part of them like not saying like you can't do like you can't be like that as a younger guy but when you've been doing it for 35 plus years 40 years it's like it's so ingrained and then also like doing it on the public land aspect and really kind of you know Mm -hmm. how do you say it um learning your method and your strategy and molding it to like your style of hunting to be extremely successful in an area that has, you know, fairly high pressure. Um, it's, it's fascinating. And again, mm-hmm. guys like that get me super fired up. So, yeah, yeah. It was, it was super fun talking to him and it was funny, man. We, we hunted that morning and just, yeah, as Pentecost would say, we took our guns for a lovely walk in the morning <laughs> in the woods that morning. <laughs> oh man. It was a great hike. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, it was a good looking area. I'd been in there one time, and uh, I was like, man, I think we're going to be on them. We had it all figured out. We're going to get on this knob. We're going to hear these two drainages, these two um, thermal hubs on either side of this big knob. We're going to hear a lot of country. Man, we get up there. Now, now looking back at it, now looking back at it, we had a calm day because it was a windy freaking day mm-hmm. where we were at mm-hmm. uh, on that part of the the area the place the, yeah the place and that, that part of the state that part of the state the public <laughs> land that we were on but um i would have stayed at that that first bend when we came out of the woods i would have sat i would have stayed right there for daylight where mm-hmm. that little gravel road was yeah and just and like listen because you could hear that whole drain is up up the yeah the, the wind hill. wasn't as bad down there like no, at all but like but just next time because i think we walked by there's all a, the turkeys we probably walked by some turkeys Oh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm fairly certain that we did. Well, I, we know that we did because uh, we walked out and we found oh, oh, super fresh scratch. So much we found a lot of scratch that was old, but also we found very very fresh scratch, right. like probably from that morning. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That was, I mean, you know, right next to the truck, per usual. Walked a mile in, and then five hundred yards from the truck, we're scratching. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, you know, it happens. Oh wait, how far from the truck? Maybe five hundred yards. At- the most i mean it's, it probably was as, less than that as the crow flies i mean maybe i don't know maybe it was boy we had like a little, little zig and zag little zigzag out of there yeah but anyway uh but yeah it was kind of funny because you know pentecost hunted that morning he killed a bird uh which he talked about in the hunt or talked about in the podcast which is really interesting because one thing i liked about that story is it played out through for the whole episode it's like he said yeah. a little bit of it, and then like we talked about like a certain topic, mm-hmm. and then he said a little bit more about the story, and like by the end of the episode, you finally heard like how he killed it, and it was very interesting how it didn't necessarily go the way he was expecting it to go, but he still had the woodsmanship and everything to make sure he was in the right position to like do that subtle soft call right before he got exposed out in that big draw, the big opening, that creek ball before he came up the other side, and uh, the turkey was just right there, It'd come down the hill, and there you go. Um, so. Yeah, it, it it was interesting. It, it was a super awesome episode. Plus, kind of seeing the whole tour uh, with, with the Woodhaven facility was pretty sweet too. It's I, I've been by the shop before. I've never been in. Yeah, and we actually got. To, oh, we got to talk about that. That was fascinating. That was very. Fascinating. That was really fast. Woodhaven, did, man, they ain't giving us any money. They didn't give us any calls. No, nothing. No. I'm just saying, like going up there, that was 
impressive. Like they're the operation they got going on. Cause you know, um, you, if you've been following like Woodhaven or if you've known about them for a while, you, you've probably heard that they, they run the calls and they match your, like if you buy a pot call, they're matching at, like two strikers to one pot call. So somebody stands there and they grab a striker and they're like, eh, eh, eh. nope, throw it back in the pile, grab a different one. And they keep doing that until they find the perfect ones. Well, you know, you hear that and you think, oh, they're just like running it until it sounds good. Well, Pentecost actually got like a couple different strikers and showed us the difference of what he's looking for. Fascinating. Okay, hold on. First, you got to say this. Also, the quality control. Again, they're not paying us. They didn't give us no free calls. There's no sponsorship. None of that kind of stuff. But it's just fascinating. And he, but he's a good guy. I, I talk to I talk to Mike every so often, um, and he, he's he's a good guy. He's, he's a very interesting business owner. But his their quality control is fascinating. Yeah, they don't sell certain calls because there's like certain like little issues with them. But like like I was looking like it looks fine. He, yeah, he, he ran it. He's like, well, it's not to the standard that I want. Mm-hmm. And he ran it. And I'm like, it sounds like any call you'd go get anywhere else. And then he got one that was like that was tuned to that striker. And you're like, oh, my. like you could feel it in your chest. Yes, well, actually, 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 that's what. That's no, what... he was going through the strikers. Remember? Yeah, he grabbed one. Randy's like, no, that's not the right striker. He he kept like going through. I mean, boxes of like. There's like a thousand strikers in this box. And each, it's a huge box yeah, huge of strikers. Box. And they're like, he's like going through and just working through them. And finally, he's like, he's doing them. And he, and maybe you can talk about it, Andrew, mm-hmm. being you know much better caller than me. <laughs> but when he's He's talking about like, he wants it to break. What was he talking about? He, yeah, he wants like the tone, like he wants the key, so like that high pitch, like before it breaks. But he also wants like you're running the striker across across the pot call, and then at some point it breaks, so it goes from out, like it's got that tone to it. And uh, and he would run it, and he would get a striker that would do it. He would run it, and it would he would do that yelp like eight times. And one of the eight times it would kind of it would squeak or just it, do something it, off, just a little bit, but nothing that you'd be like, "Oh, that doesn't sound good." Like absolutely. But let me say this: that, I said that. But now he pointed no, it no, out. No, 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 but listen. The first time he did it, he's like, "It doesn't sound good." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I'm listening. I'm looking at it, listening. I'm like, "It sounds fine." It sounds fine. And then he like grabs another, and then he gets the one that's like, "Yes." Because like, okay, he he's yelping, and it goes like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Like there's like one in there, there's one note. It is it's slightly off. Like yep. the pitch is different. Yeah, and I thought I'd be like user error, and he's like, no, mm-hmm. it's striker. So I grabbed another striker, and it was like perfect. I mean, and you could feel it was like the frequency. It had like a specific frequency. Yeah, like, it sounds stupid. It sounds ridiculous, guys. But like you could feel it in your chest, like for real. like when it no, hit, you're right. It hit that frequency, and like you could feel it like in your head, your ears, and your chest. Yes, yeah, no, you're exactly right. He was running the strikers, and they all kind of sound like a turkey. You know, some of them have those little off, like, yeah. You know, that's what I hope you kept doing it yeah. when we were in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he kept making that sound. He's like, see that one right there? Yeah. That's what it did. And <laughs> they do that. It was hilarious. And so, but they would have yeah. that. But then he picked up that right striker. Yeah. And he was running it the same exact way, but it just like resonates. And you can feel it in your ears. It's like vibrating your head a little it's bit. Re- it's, you it's can, you can weird. feel the call. It's weird. And I'm like, no wonder. Like, that's got to make a big difference, like in the turkey woods. Mm-hmm. And the way that he explained it, getting into some like high tech redneck here, is, uh, you know, like back in the algebra and stuff, you have like, you know, sine, cosine. Do you remember that stuff? Yeah, but where are we going? I didn't do great in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Do you remember what, uh, what a, Hell, I don't even know how to explain wave? this. Are you talking, are talking about the sound Yeah, wave? like the sound wave. Okay, yeah, so why, like, why are you talking about? Okay. Because he, that's how he explained it. Oh, okay. So with I sign, it goes like up and down and up and down and up and down. Sound right? wave, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
So that's that's like with a math equation. Oh, okay. Uh, I see what you're talking about. You're about to okay. This skip. Anyway, anyway, part. anyways. So think of it as like you know up and down, up and down, up and down. So it's a wave. It's a wave, and you're trying like that wave is basically going up and down that striker, and you're trying to match it, where those sound waves. Some hell, I can't. I can't explain it. I don't know. You're trying to match I, it to where the striker, however, it's throwing that sound wave. It's like bouncing back at the right point or at the right rate or something and you're getting a like a call that like resonates that's what that resonating is that where you can feel it in your ears and everything uh is when it all matches up well you get like really good tone and what resonance i get it was the craziest i can't thing. explain it when, when he did it i was like because i've been dude you go to nwt you hear guys run calls and you're like okay okay, okay. like turkey call turkey call and like yeah you don't have to be like the greatest turkey caller in the woods to kill turkeys i get that but when he hit that one strike, he just grabbed a random strike, and it was you could tell it was made for that mm-hmm. like call. Yep, the way it was glued, everything was put together. That was that strike, and you all I can say is you can feel it in your head, your ears, and your chest. Mm-hmm. Like it, I can't explain it. It was almost like okay, well, and, and you, how do how would that compare to like feeling the drumming? Oh yeah, I mean, kind of similar to like how drumming is when you finally hear it, you could feel it. That's what that's what they're trying to get. Or, or or when a, even like a gobble when he gobbles really close, you feel that like in his chest, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's similar to that. Like you can again, you just feel it. It's like a loud noise. Or if someone's got like a big acoustic and they're like banging on those low strings, and you can feel it. Oh, you know, si- yeah, that's another good point. Yeah, if like, you're sitting across from him or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, it, that's a good way. I'm gonna say it was crazy. Banging on a six string. It was just crazy. Yeah. I was like, what he hit? But also, it, it made me think. So, I, so after I saw that, and I, I saw how perfect it would run, and like it didn't have those like weird notes, mm-hmm. or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it was just super consistent. Got a lot of her seeing like a lot of call, like just calling, like people on pot calls and like different companies and stuff. Now you can hear it. And I can hear it now, and I can't <laughs> unhear it now. Like after seeing it in person, uh, I can't now unhear it when it's not like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's exactly, it's like, it's like. It's like it's covered up with a like. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I have to do this too on my calls. It's like you run it, and it's like you're almost like you're covering up that bad note with other notes. Mm-hmm. But like you don't notice it, or maybe a very trained ear, like someone that deals with this all the time and knows what they're listening for, will hear it. The average guy that probably misses it. Well, you, but most people probably haven't heard a, a, like a side by side comparison like that, mm-hmm. and that's that that's what it would take to notice it. Probably, you know, crazy. It was awesome. I was, it was awesome. I was smiling so hard afterwards. I'm like, that was so cool. And then I'm, I was sitting there. The first thing I thought of when he was doing that, I was like, oh, hell, I, I got all my strikers mixed up now. I don't know which oh, one goes oh, to which. So no, that's a good point he made, uh, Mike, when we were there. So um, this is like the biggest freaking, probably like we're this biggest sales pitch for freaking Woodhaven. But you know, no, it was cool. Man. It's co- it, it was, it cool. was cool. That's all I can say. Um, so <laughs> when he was talking about, he's like, you know, some not just some companies, but some guys will just go like buy a random striker for a what random call. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's not that easy. Like you can't just necessarily like you can run a call with any striker, but to run it perfectly, like to get that perfect frequency, it's like so hard to just pick up a random striker. Like the statistics, it's mm-hmm. not going to be like that, that perfect striker for that call and be made for it. And, um, and even like in, in their, in their uh, factory and kind of how everything's being made with the, uh, the strikers, I mean, they're all the same. They're like in this one box is all hickory strikers. They all look the same, but they all like they, you know, 
different growth rings in the in the in the wood different like mm-hmm. some of them were maybe a little bit softer than others harder than others. like there's different the drying process yeah there's different factors that makes them have a different frequency by themselves mm-hmm. um and well, that's one thing he was talking about was like that striker being like the toning board for the call mm-hmm. like that's kind of like what's like you know building up that that frequency that makes it break but anyways um just the idea that you, you know it, you if you go buy like a random striker and run it on a call yeah, you can run it, but it's not going to have that perfect frequency versus like something that's been matched, like a striker that's been matched to that call specifically. Yeah. And now it just made me relook at like, like friction calls in general now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is like, you can get super in the weeds on this stuff. Super yeah. Super in the weeds. That's fascinating. But it was, yeah, that, that was super cool. Um, and hey, him showing us like where they're storing all their wood. You know, he's just got, I don't know why, but I don't know how most like call makers do it. I don't know if they get like preform stuff or, or whatever, but he just got like lumber all over the place was that they're cutting into these calls. And like, he's got like a whole room where it's just like a rack of different kinds of lumber that go into different kinds of calls. You know, like they had like maple and hickory and uh, maybe some walnut or something. I had some darker wood in there. Um, but he was talking about aging that wood and they get it pre-dried and then they keep it and dry it for an extra year on top of that and he's like you wouldn't believe the difference that makes just the dude the amount of thought it is fascinating because it is fascinating seeing the the business side of him and and that's fascinating i think most people can appreciate that kind of thing uh like you know being an entrepreneur being a businessman and and growing this thing like the process and knowing that he started that out of the trunk of his car mm-hmm. you know however many 20 some odd years ago 20 plus years ago and uh seeing what he's got now it's just like that's American as apple pie, baby. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So, but it, it again, it, that was that was super cool. Uh, like, yeah, it was super super cool. Um, and then okay, but kind of, did you get? A, was there anything else from that episode that was like just important for you? Man, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. I kind of wish we could talk about the episode we just recorded because, you know, Mike Pentecost. He, uh, I feel like he's probably a pretty good mix of like real old school tactics, but also some like new school, old school being, you know, sit down, shut up, patience, you know, cluck three times and then sit there for the rest of the day. Uh, you know, Mike, he, he, he's kind of like that, but not quite, I would say, you, you know, like when he's kind of like he was talking about when he's moving on to Turkey, like he's decisive and he's going to get up and he's going to go to it versus the episode y'all are going to hear on Monday uh, that we just recorded before this outro. Total opposite. Highly, highly aggressive like calling style and everything. And it's kind of fun, you know, doing this outro after recording that one and doing this outro about Mike Pentecost episode because they're opposites, but they, they both work. Um, but yeah, yeah it, I mean, it's like everybody has their different styles. It's, you got to do whatever you have confidence. Kind of like what Mike talked about in the episode. And you brought this up on Monday's episode. that's going to be coming out that we just recorded, uh, which is, and maybe you can do the quote a little bit better, but it's like, go out there with the plane and stick to it. Like stick with stick to your guns. What was mm-hmm. the, what was the quote? It was uh, it's it was a quote from Mike Pentecost. That's what I'm saying. But like, what was the quote? Uh, like be definite about anything that you're doing. You know, like make up your mind, and like if you're gonna like when he was talking about that turkey, like if you make up your mind, like okay, if he gobbles off the lip and he kind of falls off the backside and gives me a chance, I'm going right then. Or next time he gobbles, I'm gonna cut him off and I'm gonna like cut at him like right when he gobbles, you know, have that call up and ready. And like, if you're going to do it, do it and make up your mind and stick to it. Uh, you don't be like wishy-washy, you know, where all of a sudden he gobbles and he's off the lip a little bit and you're like, 
oh, should I go over there? Should I stay here? Which I've been so guilty of in the past. Uh, and he's right. You know, that determination, that comp, that confidence in what you're about to do uh, has a big factor. Because when you hesitate, you start missing opportunities. Yep. By the way, we've had some listener success stories come in the last couple of days. Uh, guys, uh, using a couple of different things. You know, some things that you had said. One Some guy, things that I said, yeah, and one actually is uh, they they already shared it. It's already on the social media post. Uh, but then another guy messaged us and said that he killed one for something I said. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I'd say that. Like, what did I say? What's I, it? I can't remember. It's it's in the messages. I don't know, but it was funny. Guy was like, he's like, yeah, something. He's like, Jacob said, he's I don't know. He's like, Jacob said something in one of these last episodes. It made me really think, and. uh <laughs> anyways went out there oh no no this was about going back to where they'd called from where, where the bird had gobbled from that's what it was uh one of the episodes we talked about or we talked we had i talked about someone mentioning about going back to that location where the birds had been called or where the gobblers were reset where they were gobbling from early in the morning and they call from that one point and they call them back there and that's why he didn't kill that bird um, oh nice so i think that was uh god who up originally i want to say it was billy yardish said it in his podcast i think maybe not but anyway uh but no so on wednesday's episode i kind of move on uh we had uh brandon uh jennings i'm sorry jenkins on the podcast i, I said jennings the first time i think you edited it out because i messed stuff in there yeah you did yeah yeah you did but, uh, brandon brandon uh jenkins and from east tennessee and he killed eight absolute monster Appalachian, not Lachian. Appalachian. Oh, uh, did you get corrected? I, I got corrected. Got, got a little corrected. Look, Appalachian. I, someone told me that you, you, the way you remember it is if you say it wrong, I'll throw an apple at you. That's how you say it. You say Appalachia, so I'll throw an apple at you if you say it wrong. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's, like a, that's a knee slapper <laughs> right there. <laughs> Anyways, but a uh, big public. No, here. I cringe every time you're like Appalachian. Well, thanks for correcting me, dude. I did correct you one time. You made fun of me or something. So I was like, I'll just let him say it, and the listeners will reprimand yeah, him for all, it. All them Western North Carolinians. <laughs> they, they start jumping in the inbox. Yeah, they're like, I'm down here in the Blue Mountains. Listen now. <laughs> Appalachian. You say Appalachian again one more time. <laughs> but uh, but no, dude. He, but Brandon killed an absolute giant in uh, eastern uh, Tennessee public land. Big old mountain buck, dude. And it was pretty interesting. Um just the story. I mean, he killed it. It was five and a half miles back to the truck from where he shot the deer at. Um, <laughs> oh, and they packed it out. And he sent me photos of the packet. We didn't post photos of the packet, but he, and he talked about the episode. He didn't have like a nice pack frame or anything, which I think he just now like upgraded and bought like a better bag. Mm-hmm. But it was like, kind of like the, you remember that doe? I, I actually brought this up in the episode. The doe you shot like, Four years oh ago, yeah, I remember had, it well. And you had to strap the legs to it, whatever. Yeah. So he, that's what he had to do on that freaking buck, oh. and, like, and bring the hot that you know they caped out in the field and everything, dude. Yeah, and uh, it, he's like, that's brutal. And he said it, he had a little backpack, and his buddy had like a a fanny pack and like <laughs> like a hydration fly or something like that. Yeah. So he's like, they didn't have a much like carry the carry the deer out on, which is I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting, but you can. It, yeah, hey man, it was great. Got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. But uh, I told him, like, I've been there too. Did that in Tennessee one time, and just uh, that first year I shot in Tennessee, that first doe I shot, and had that little mystery ranch mm-hmm. uh, scapegoat bag, which is not really made for packing anything out. That's that kind of sucked. <laughs> kind of sticking everything in it, uh, or yep. trying trying to get whatever you could in it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but anyway. Uh, well, so what was the what's the story behind that episode? Well, so yeah, because yeah, you didn't listen to the episode. Yeah, I haven't got to listen. It's to blown it. up on social media. Though. A lot of people. Oh my gosh, it really has. enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. So he, some of his biggest influencers or influences, uh, podcast wise, is uh, Nathan Killen, Bobby Worthington, and Michael Perry. All those guys he like highly respects, kind of looks up to, especially you know Nathan Killen. Actually, his cousin recommended uh, him to go and listen to episodes that Nathan had been on previously, and that's how he found out about the podcast. Uh, it was from the first time we had Nathan on back in I think 2020. Mm-hmm. So that kind of got him all started, and he started getting more of the public land. He's originally from Virginia, and he's decided to go all in on Tennessee. They were getting some pretty big gear on camera. And uh, the interesting aspect of this hunt, they killed this deer last day of the season, which is gun season. It's like January 2nd, or something like that. First of January, January 2nd, something like that, uh, of, of this year, 2022, while going in, and they were pulling cameras. So they were going into an area that they had been hunting, and uh, it was actually raining. And the day that they went in, uh, they were kind of scouting around and kind of covering some ground. And after they get to one spot, kind of looking at cameras, they went to like go to another area and they were coming up over a ridge, like look down the secondary ridge point in front of them. And there was that buck was standing there. Like it was like a bowl, like a big freaking bowl right there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said it was like mountain laurel that was like knee high. It was like weird. Yeah. Interesting. It it was an oak flat. And he's like, oaks are dropping the late season. They had oaks still on the ground. And he said the buck, it was raining. The buck was up and he was like, had his. He was like scratching um, his back with his antlers, with his tine, like rubbing it on his back at like oh. yards. And he said the buck didn't even know that they were there. But he said oh. it was so foggy, it was like foggy and rainy that uh, he just didn't know what. He's like he saw the frame outside the ears. He's like it's a good deer. I'm going to shoot it. Pull up the gun, 450 Bushmaster, you know, hand oh. cannon, and this freaking yeah shoulder buster shot, and it kind of took off running. And uh, long story short, uh, he. Went through a uh, Mount, uh, Mount Laurel thicket and he kind of busted out. It kept running down the hill and embedded up down below him. He was able to shoot it uh, one more time to put it down. And he he didn't realize how big the deer was until he got cl- like got up to it with his buddy. And his buddy's like, "Do you killed a giant?" And he like walked up and they like kind of shocked and all how big the deer was. And the interesting thing was, the deer they never even had on camera. Like they had some other really good deer on the on camera, but they never mm-hmm. had that deer on camera. And that's why I was asking them in the in the episode like. What are your camera sites like? What were you like? What are you putting a lot of cameras on? And he said a lot of them are on logging roads in these areas, like on transition edges. Or he's like, there's some old cutovers, like 25 year old cutovers. And he's like putting them like in like the tra- like where there's like a T of the logging roads in that stuff. And okay. he's like, you know, there's scrapes there. It's just corridor and like you know the deer just naturally coming through there. And uh, and he's like, you know, he had a camera, uh, you know very close to where this buck, I think within like a hundred yards of where this buck was at, where they shot the buck at and just never had that deer on camera, which is kind of interesting, but it gets even juicier because you know, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of juice to this. So after they recovered the deer and everything, they were going back out and they went over another ridge or no, take that back. When he went to blood track the deer, he went over that secondary ridge point and there was like an area that was tore up scrapes, rubs, an area they had never scouted. It was just outside that little buffer Kind of like you talked about, uh, or you've talked about when we were recording some of these Onyx uh, uh, ad reads mm-hmm. um, about the aspect of using uh, the track feature on Onyx. Yeah. And kind of seeing like, what are you missing or like when you're going in the woods? 
Like what what's that little spot? Like you keep hunting this one area. Where where are you not walking? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. like what this was. Like okay. it was an area they just hadn't walked. And that's where all the sign was, and that's where this big buck was <laughs> at. And he's like just right there. Really? Yeah. So you know, it's long story short, they get the deer. And I think that he went back in there and uh they went back in and scouted a little bit later in the season. And within 40 yards of one of their other cameras in the same area, they found a set of sheds, matching sheds that were laying there next, again, 40 yards from the camera of a deer they did not have on camera. As he said, they taped it out. If they had the spread right, about 135, maybe even 140 inches, that was in the area. He's like, we didn't even, we didn't even have photos of that deer. So it's like, you know, I'm like, I'm a daggum. I'm like, man, come on, maybe come to East Tennessee. <laughs> you know, me and all the other listeners. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was like, that that was pretty cool. Like how much th- he kind of learned after the fact that like they thought they had this area kind of like down. They had been putting about a year and a half into this area. Yep. But there were still things like within three, four hundred yards of there that they were just missing for whatever reason. There's mm-hmm. there's stuff still there that they're o- that is being overlooked, and the deer are getting in between them. Yeah. Um. But you know, it it, it kind of brought back to the whole idea of, to me is like. No matter how long you hunt an area, unless you truly walk every square inch, and you always think you do, but if you use that track feature, you truly know where you've walked, mm-hmm. and it always seems like you you miss like this little, you know, five ten acre little spot. Like you just don't go to this one little area, and then you go in there, and that's where all the sign is. That's where the bucks bedded and everything else. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of like the case of what they what he was dealing with, which I told him was exciting because now he knows all this going to this year, this next season how he kind of put some of that together and kind of maybe come up with a better game plan of how to kill a deer earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, super, super interesting. Um, but I mean, that, and that pretty much wraps that episode up. Uh, again, it was just, it, it was interesting on the aspect of just going in there, having the success, not giving up, but knowing that you're always kind of in the game. Mm-hmm. And also there's so many things, no matter how long or how much time you put in the area, that's still being overlooked. It just always is. Yeah. And that's, that was the case there. So, yeah. No, oh, but yeah. And I was gonna say, they also in that, with that buck was standing, they found the bed. He shot him in the bed. Like the buck had stood up from his bed. Oh, wow. When he was scratching his back. What was he bedded on? It was just in a bowl. It was down in a bowl, like, like a crow's foot in a bowl, um, underneath some drop, like oaks that were dropping. So oh, there acorns okay. right there. Yeah. Okay. And again, all the mountain laurel, he said it was like knee high. And he said probably the buck was like laying down. We probably wouldn't have noticed him like mm-hmm. walking back, but because he was up, he was just like kind of skyline, kind of like where he was at, like the backdrop was for whatever reason, and I had him lit up. So, when you think turkey calls, think of Houndstooth. Houndstooth Game Calls is a company based right here in Alabama, actually based out of Tuscaloosa, and they have been making some of our favorite turkey calls since 2012. Y'all head on over to their website, see what they got. They got a little something for everybody. They have a huge selection of different mouth calls, different cuts, different read configurations. I like to go on there and get five or six different mouth calls and just run them, see which ones I like the most. You know, some days I might like the KB Hen, some days I might like the Ghost Cut. Some situations I might like the Country Girl Call, you know, that I can cut on really hard where on other situations I might like the all pro that I can get a little bit softer on. Bottom line, there's something for everybody and something for every situation and hey, you can get 15% off of your order at Houndstooth Game Calls by using the promo code SOP 24. That's SOP 24. Use that promo code. It'll get you a discount and it helps out the podcast. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Man, that kind of gets you fired up a little bit. Oh yeah, that's what I told him. I was like, man, like getting getting fired for deer season this year, dude. And you're you're over here talk, talking about you know 
Oh, Chang- changing it up. Yeah, listen. I know. I heard Michael's talking on Smack earlier. Michael's talking. We're, gonna, we're about to get Michael back in here ne- these next couple of days. Y'all about to hear old Pike again? Yeah, Pike's oh, oh, coming Pike, out of the cave. Oh, Pike's coming back, my man. Yeah, he's been working, dude. He's been working. Listen, he's been working uh, thirteen-hour shifts six days a week for the last seven weeks, eight weeks now. Whew. Like, and and starting tomorrow is his first day. Like first. Like length of time off, multiple day length of time off, uh, and he's off for ten days. So and then he goes back to it. Uh, I think after this, he just goes back to the one job. Okay. So uh, at, at the one uh, facility. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it was racking in the bank. But he's like, dude, I've worked so much. He's like, I haven't even thought about deer hunting. He's like, dude, he's like, because he's got in that club, which we're gonna actually, hopefully, me and him are gonna go scout next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it, it's gonna be kind of interesting. He's gonna get in the club. It's got some. Pretty good deer, kind of more hilly, almost kind of getting some that mountainous kind of terrain. Yeah, um, and that's gonna be super, super exciting. Kind of see how that kind of plays out. So yeah, I'm excited for him to get into that and uh and go look around it and everything. Uh, that's gonna be cool, dude. Um, yeah, I'm getting excited for deer season too. We're kind of getting to that point in the year where <clears throat> a couple of these last uh, turkey hunts I have for the year are gonna be in spots where I'm kind of getting a leg up. You know, I'm going in there, I'm trying to kill a turkey, but I'm also getting familiar with the area for this fall, trying to do something. And, uh, like one thing I, I heard Michael talking smack earlier, man. I, I do want to. Oh, let me tell you, let me tell you what's <laughs> so we, were t- uh, we were both talking smack about you. It wasn't just Mike. I was talking smack about you too. Like, listen, <laughs> and, and, but my, this is what Mike said, but I agreed with him. You know, Andrew, you're like hardcore. Oh man, I'm going to scout this area. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. Mm-hmm. There won't be any boot. It won't be any of boot leather being laid in there and come to your seat. <laughs> but he'll be all hyped up on it. And I'm guilty of it, too. I'm super guilty of it. I mean, I've done that. I've driven from Tennessee one time to freaking Missouri. Like, drove nine hours, ten hours to go to scout a spot. Never laid foot on it yep. again. I slept in my car for two days. I remember. Spot, and I've never been I back. remember it, dude. So, again, I'm talk- I, can talk- I can talk to Smack because, I-, I mean, I'm guilty, too. Yeah, I had that. I- yeah, I set myself up for this big time. But, listen. We're As my mom would say, we're having a come-to-Jesus moment right here. Uh, no, but I want to talk about. So, last year, you had this one area that you were, like, dead set on. You yep. were like, man, yep. I'm, you know hyped for it like oh, dude, i was i was good, very excited super i was talking excitement like giddy with joy andrew was and come <laughs> hunting season i think you hunted one time and then it was a debbie downer for there oh not ain't going back ain't no deer there no i mean there was deer there here's 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 what like i don't know here's what kind of got me about that place is uh, the more I, I started going to it and and hunting it uh the the more i realized it was it's no different than what I've been hunting already. So the places that I'm familiar with and I've been hunting, literally no different. Everything on the ridgetops is cut. You got SMZs in the bottoms that have white oaks in them. That's it. I mean, that's that's like the whole place is like that. And I, I got all excited because I thought there was going to be opportunities in some of these cutovers uh, to get out in them and get away from stuff. And the more I got out in them and looked around, because I, I scouted it a couple times and then hunted it. Um, I think I hunted it twice. Mm-hmm. And one of those times was we quail hunted it. And so we like tromped through it. Like the spots I wanted to go and deer hunt, we kind of went around them uh, with the dogs and like really got a look at them. And it just, it, it was, it did not pan out how I thought it would. I don't know. It, it, uh, 
the stuff that I thought was going to be like really, really good really didn't end up looking all that great. All the sign was, again, it's just like the other place that I already hunt. The The sign was more on the edges. And man, I found so many trail cameras in the spots where I wanted to go hunt. That kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit. So I fell back on what I'm familiar with. But I'll tell you what, one thing I got burned on this year, this is another reason I'm kind of looking for different spots, is, uh, man, I can't even say what it is. But you know what it is that keeps you from getting back there and keeps you from getting out sometimes? Mm-hmm. That that cost me like two or three of like my most prime days of hunting this fall. Like rut, cold front, like perfect conditions I've been waiting for. And then I get time and I can't get out there because of that. And it's just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And that's what happened that day that I almost shot that buck in the spot that you found. Was I called? Listen, uh, I, I, I was being a great guy this past he's year. He's like, put, come, come get put, my muzzle. I, I put Andrew in the spot to kill the giant, and he showed up. I choked. And he choked. <laughs> Man, he pulled a Michael Pike. Oh, I did. Well, no, I didn't miss it. No, you didn't miss it. I didn't him. pull the trigger and miss it. Uh, I just never pulled the trigger. I'm just saying that because I know Michael's going to be listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, no, that, that did happen last year. So I'll, I'll, I'll bear that. Uh, y'all, y'all can give me all the crap you want. That was pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie, that was, that was pretty bad. Man, just take your bow next. I time. thought, right. I thought it was gonna be a lot better. It, it was, it was not good. But this, this other place is a different habitat, and that's, uh, that's what I think is gonna get me going out there. Just different habitat. It's, it's pretty much the same distance from the house, so I don't have any excuse. Um, so I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna go dump all my cameras over there this summer, even though I'm not. Per- I mean, I, I want to go find a buck out there in the summer, but I'm not particularly interested wait, wait, in that. Which, which spot are we talking about? We talk, we're talking about not where we turkey hunted, but the other spot, mm-hmm. right? The spot we went and looked at right, so, after we So that spot, so this, this, this is part of what me, I can't wait. I don't know. I, don't I cannot know wait much... to get Michael back in the podcast. It's going to be so great. Oh, God. So one thing that we talked about is like the amount of time. But yeah, it's about the same distance from the house, but the amount of time it's going to take to hunt that versus like, Another area, like other areas. Uh, well, here's another it, reason. Like each hunt's gonna be more time invested. I know, and that's that's one reason I'm wanting to do that. Because if oh. I go to that other spot, mm-hmm. it's too easy for me to be like, well, I can go do this thing to go do that. I get like roped into things. I'm just gonna. Oh, you talking about like, like honeydews and stuff? Like, what do you mean? Not necessarily honeydews, but just just other stuff. Not not on the podcast. No, I, I get you. I get you. But but I'm saying, but not hunting related stuff. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's that's because that, there's so much over there. Um, I don't know. It's just it's not like I've hunted it so long. It's not like an all day commitment or whatever. Like I'm not like going over there. And I'm like I'm gonna be there. But how many days can you do an all day commitment though? Well, it's gonna increase this fall. <laughs> it's gonna have to. You mean backpack camping? But like, honey, I'm sleeping out here tonight. <laughs> well, no, that's the thing is I like I like days where I can go in and I can stay until like like late afternoon or past dark like i'm talking about go out there dark to dark exactly and so i want to do more of that this year rather than do like half a day you know i'll do saturday morning and and sunday evening or like i don't know friday morning and saturday afternoon instead of doing that kind of thing i'm going to try to do more hunts where i'm like in for like a day by the way was it it was an exploring by the way yeah i didn't hunt this last year okay two years ago almost remember i almost died in tennessee uh, no, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was telling who I was telling somebody. Oh, I was telling uh, 
two of our guests are coming on later. So I don't, I don't want to mention them right now because I'm super excited about the episode. But when I was up recording mm-hmm. with those guys, mm-hmm. uh, I was telling them about that, like how I almost like died in this freaking bayou. Like, <laughs> trying to, I mean, literally, it's bad. Yeah. I don't know what episode it's on. That that needs to like come back to light because y'all need to listen to it because it'll make you not want to hunt any kind of river bomb stuff. But uh, I, I was telling them like that was a dark to dark hunt. Like I I mm-hmm. left the truck at like 3 34 a.m i didn't get back to the truck until like 8 p.m 8 30 p.m and uh only saw like three deer that'll it, wear you out and the three deer i saw was the last 10 minutes of light and they were on private not on the public <laughs> <laughs> like it sucked dude. oh and it got, gosh went, went in there fairly i mean went in there fairly far like right at a mile and a half or so uh but still like that was that was brutal but it was like you know one of those all-day affairs but it was cool because i was kind of hanging with them all day and actually, I found a spot. And actually, I was talking to these guys about it. And I don't know if you remember. There's a certain spot I found, like mm-hmm. a little pond and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I explained it to them. And they're like, they're looking at me. And I'm like, as I'm explaining it to them, I'm like, I'm dumb for not hunting that. And they're like, why did you go back there and hunt that? Like, it sounds dynamite. Like, what you're saying? Like, again, the buck's bedded It there. looked too good, man. You no. get to it, you're like, this looks like a good spot to never return to. No, no, no. But <laughs> after they're like, they're like, yeah, you got to go hunt that again. I'm like, yeah, I think, I think I'm done. Gonna, this fall? Gonna do it. Yeah, dude. Get after and it. And I told him I think I can, I think that's gonna be like really good during bow season before mm-hmm. muzzle or gun comes in. I could see that. So well, that's when that. the sign was laid. And I'm like, that's yeah. I think when we can do it or when I can do it. So, anyways, uh, not to get too sidetracked, but yeah, we, we were talking about like all day affairs. I'm like, yeah, last time I did yeah. something like that, I'm like, oh, I almost yeah, died, bro. Another thing, this last fall for me was it was uh an anomaly. I, I I hunted less this last fall than any other fall, and that was because of what was going on at work. We had the bad fall. Hey, hey, I'll just you, put it that way. Hey, as a hey listen, now you know how how it feels. Oh, it was bad. Hey. Oh, I got I got it all in return, man. I was brutal. Poor Jacob, when he wasn't hunting, I was I was mean to him, and uh, yeah, I got my karma. It was it was horrible. It was really horrible this fall. Uh, but unless something weird happens, it shouldn't be like that again this fall. Hopefully not. A very specific set of circumstances led to that last year. So yeah. um, hopefully it's not like that again. But I. We were talking about this, and you were talking about it too. So don't pin it all on me. But getting out of your comfort zone, uh, me and you—I mean, really, ever since we've been doing the show, we've been like, you know, you will, we'll do our occasional oh, same trip. habitat type. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll hunt pine thickets, cutover type stuff a lot, uh, kind of rolling hills. Then we'll go and we'll hunt some agriculture type stuff, you know, up in Tennessee or or other places. Um, haven't done a, a ton of like real big woods stuff big woods mountain type stuff uh so that's what kind of want to do this year get get out of my comfort zone a little bit and uh and try something totally different have room to stretch your legs and there's two things that push me over the edge i was telling wayne this earlier today there's two things that he's probably like you're an idiot for coming up here (laughs) he's like if it ain't a turkey i ain't going after him up here there there's two things that push me over the edge with this from this past season one of them was was, pressure well Okay, I'm, ta- I'm, get, I'm getting there. Taking your thunder. Yeah, you told you took my thunder. Um, the first one was hunting with Wes yep. again. Uh, going to that place. We were talking about this when we were down there. Me uh-huh. and you were standing, you know, at lunchtime or whatever. Oh yeah. And and we're like, man, this is awesome because it's it's timber. Like there's still some cutovers. It's stuff. weird hunting in big mature timber. 
It is because you're like, there's trees on the hills. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like you can see stuff. And well, it's like, I mean, it's like understory, but like you can, like, there's like trees. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, it's just a different kind of hunt because, man, we're used to being down in a freaking hole in an SMZ. <laughs> there's like a hellacious thicket up on the hill that freaking you can't walk off on one side. Yeah. You're, you're literally like, just down in this hole and you're all sad because there's no deer. Anyways, so, <laughs> so that was one of the things. Uh, stretching my legs, getting on some big timber. That's, uh, you know, I hope the listeners too, man. Y'all hold me accountable. If I if I'm not going out there, y'all message me and be like, "Hey, going out where? You ain't even saying where you're going yet." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing was the hunting prep. I was telling Wayne this earlier. I'm like, I'm looking for a place. That Andrew, Andrew was. Broken. I was broken. It broke me. It broke. Uh, I'm tempted to say the name of the place because you couldn't <laughs> fit more people down there if you wanted to. It was. Hunted hey, you can, three you, solid days. Yeah, I got walked in on every single hunt except one. That was the worst I've ever seen hunting for. How many times was I walked in on? And then I had someone shoot a deer that was standing 125 yards in front of me or so. Yeah. And so when that happened, I was like, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm done. So I just uh, I went and packed up and actually just almost left you, but I didn't because you rode with me down there. I could have left you. Your truck was just you know, a quarter mile up the road. Remember we uh we went and moved the trucks and everything. Oh yeah, and uh I was about to just go to go on to the house and go cook me a steak or whatever we were having that night during a deer camp. But yeah, no that that pre- that hunting pressure broke me. That yeah. hunt, that was brutal, yeah. brutal. Clay side by side broke his freaking. Man, that was rough control. on all of us. Like what up control arm or whatever? I don't know. It broke Michael. Michael got burned out. Yep. You remember? Yeah, that was, that was that was tough, dude. It was rough. I found I found the spot to hunt. <laughs> it was the, the last, last hunt. Day. Jacob found the spot. That's Man, how it usually goes. I, I was up there in that skybox too. That's the highest I've ever been in the tree stand. Yeah. So, but uh, so I still I still want to go and do hunts. You know, like like that one. Um, but for like my main place, I want to I want to hunt a big wood setting. I really do. I think it's just gonna be fun. I think I'll learn something. I feel like uh, I've kind of hit a wall where we normally hunt i mean i don't know killed a couple good bucks out there now i mean i i think it was last year or a year or two ago i was talking about like i just want to kill like a couple good representative bucks and i feel like those are good representative bucks right there so i mean let's try something new get out of my comfort zone a little bit and i think it'll be good for content on the podcast uh because you know, we start hunting something else than what we're normally used to. That's going to open up a lot of conversations. Yeah, when Andrew goes and he's like eight hunts in, all day hunts, he's like, I ain't seen a deer yet. <laughs> I've seen two squirrels <laughs> and a woodpecker. <laughs> oh, man. Be like, be like, man, this alien abduction. They abducted all, all mm-hmm. deer. Yep. Uh, hey, uh, Jacob was talking like he was going to come in there with me. What you going to do this year, big fella? See, I get the, I'll do it. I'd love to do it. But also... I've you got, got the, the freedom. Got the, that's what I'm saying. I've got the time to do it. You got you the... though. <laughs> like, it's it's a different story, my man. Like, cause I'm, I'm telling you, that's like that's gonna be that's a you ain't going in there for like a quick morning hunt or quick afternoon. It's just not happening. Mm-mm. Like you know, well, that's why I'm gonna use a couple turkey hunts and I'm gonna figure out how much it takes to actually get in there. Find a couple different routes. I mean, I've hunted this place. I've killed a deer in here before. I mean, I'm not new to the place or anything. Uh, I've squirrel hunted it. I've hiked it. I've deer hunted it and shot a buck in there one time. And so I just want to get more familiar with it where I can effectively hunt it. Cause I'm going to be honest, that buck was like pretty much luck when I killed him. I, I grunted him in and it was pure luck. 
So I want to, I want to learn it, dude. Look, you got the time. You just go in there and you'd be my, you'd be my like scouting dummy. Just be like, Jacob, go see what's on this ridge point (laughs) three miles back. Mm. Take pictures of it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's go do that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited though. I'm super excited. Like, I know it's still turkey season, but I'm so excited for deer season. I'm so, so excited. Mm-hmm. And, and per our listeners, so are you guys too. Let's just let's, let's be honest here. Yep. I know y'all are, a lot of y'all are white tail junkies. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. Um especially, you know, some cool opportunities open up this year to be able to do some some hunts I didn't think we'd be able to do. Um kind of coming up. So white tail hunts gonna do some traveling. Um that's I'm definitely Arkansas's on the list. Yeah, Arkansas boys. I won't talk a whole bunch about you know a lot of y'all Arkansas boys. How oh, many y'all need to quit talking about Arkansas? <laughs> I'm there. I'll, I'll catch y'all this fall. Trying to get trying to get another black bear and maybe maybe try to get a deer too. Yeah. Um, that's hey, cool. uh, you, do you want to be the bearer of bad news about about your trip? Bearer of bad news. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. So so tell the listeners that you know they've been up to date on this. Uh, uh you know, my, you, we talked about it some. Yeah. So I had it. We, uh, me, my buddy, or our buddy Nick Adair from the Gun Dog It Yourself podcast, and then his cousin Eric. Uh, we all had um, uh, went together to do a moose slash black bear hunt in Newfoundland, Canada, and uh, just got a call. For, and that was actually for this October. Just got a call a couple of days ago from the outfitter saying that they're having to cancel the hunt and refund us. Um, just cause they, they had to, uh, they had some stuff come up where they actually had to sell the outfitter or sell the business. Uh, and the new buyer would not let them run, uh, any other clients through the actual, um, the property until, uh, or for this year. Oh, well, I'm totally botched this. Anyways, pretty much they wouldn't let, uh, the new, the new owners wouldn't let any of the old clients, uh, you know, hunt there this year, unfortunately. So, you know, kind of, kind of sucks, but heartbreaker it is but hey you know we got I, i'm still i still want to do that hunt and i was already i already asked him like hey, like well you know who else would you recommend and uh i got another guy who i've called and left voicemail too but it won't be this year but now it opens up where my october's not gonna be as crazy now i mean it's still gonna be crazy because now me and nick are talking about going to montana um uh, <laughs> so anyway uh-huh. it's yeah it's gonna be wild it's gonna be wild so yep other than that what are your other plans so you got arkansas uh Oklahoma Moose hunt got canceled. Yeah, Oklahoma. Um looking like to be on on the uh on the docket as well. Of course, Alabama, of course, Tennessee like every year. Um and then got another state that I'm gonna well well we'll see. I'm still waiting to kinda get some stuff lined up for another state coming up. Um uh, and then I don't might I don't know. I don't know. It it could get wild. I don't know. I'm gonna go to Virginia. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> got we got options depends 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 if y'all if y'all start listening to podcasts we grow the show a little bit more I, I'll, I'll have a little <laughs> more I'll a little, have a little more disposable more, income I, yeah i have a little more gas money because you know right now mm, the old tundra she, she she really likes you know chugging it's Chug- not a great time to be driving a tundra yeah not at all um uh, but anyway so yeah dude i don't know i'm super excited we got you know oh and then well so also we're going to wisconsin we are doing that we're doing a grouse trip up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be super cool. That's going to be in October. Then me and Nick, a day are talking about going to Montana, uh, like in September, like early, early September, uh, to go do like a, uh, like a sage grouse, prairie chicken, sharp tail grouse, rough grouse trip with the dogs. Valley quail. Valley quail. Yeah. All that for, um, 
you know, six, seven days. Um, so looking to do that. And then I think, well, you're not going to be a part of this trip. You already said you're not going. And I think in January, um, like mid to late January of 2023. Uh, so this, again, this coming deer season, uh, me, Nick, and a couple other buddies are going to be going to, it looks like we're going to be going to Arizona and do a, a small game trip out there for five, six days. Uh, again, there's like four different quail species. I think waterfowl is still in. I want to shoot a jackrabbit. Really They're bad. humongous. I know. Pull They're Kevin. humongous. I might, get, I might try to get old Kevin Murphy come out. I don't know. Oh, do it. That, that'd, that'd be, be fun. fun. That'd be fun if you want, you want to come out and bring out all wings and things. So, which is his dog's name, by the way. Mm-hmm. Wings and things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that, that, that's uh, that's that's what the year looks like so far. It's going to get even busier because we got some other stuff coming up. But yeah, dude, it's going to be fun. It's going to be super fun. So, yep. All right. Andrew, what, what you got? Uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to be working while you're doing all that stuff. <laughs> I'll, be drive, I'll be driving my desk while Jacob's out traveling the country having fun. So y'all need to start sharing the podcast so I can go do what Jacob does. <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm so excited. Like, I know we keep growing. Like we know what we got to do to like get you to go full time, and we can do it. I definitely think we can do it in the next year. Uh, we just yeah, guys, you just got to share the podcast because we get you full time. Awesome. But no, I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna do Arkansas. I've got enough vacation where I can either do one long trip or uh, maybe break it up into two. And so I don't know. I'm kind of debating. Me and you were talking about. You know, maybe doing two trips, doing the whole muzzleloader thing and, and trying to get on a black bear um, and then go back for a rifle opener or something. I'm not super interested in going up there to bow hunt. Uh, I mean, I don't know. That could change, but. If you get your, if you get your, I mean, license and everything, I mean, you can bow hunt all the way through the end of February. So mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe breaking it up and doing uh, two trips for that. Going to do Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, wisconsin we're gonna go up there and do all the bird dog stuff uh so that's on that's on the docket too and other than that dude alabama might do the velvet hunt if i feel like it i don't know we'll see uh depends on how excited i get about velvet deer didn't get real pumped up for him last year so i just didn't really go yeah yeah well anyways it's gonna be fun super excited appreciate everybody listening to the podcast uh it's been extremely hectic lately but uh, appreciate everybody for sharing the podcast. Of course, you know if you join the episodes, you know share them with a buddy. Go back, check out some of the, old, the older episodes too, guys. Especially if you're like in more of like a whitetail mind frame or mindset right now. Ton of great episodes from the past couple of years that you can go and check back out. We yeah. already got some good stuff planned for the summer. Absolutely, already got some of it recorded. Yep, uh, that's what I'm saying. In yeah. the bank, uh, yeah. good episodes in the bank already. Mm-hmm. So, so y'all stay. Listen, y'all stay tuned. It's gonna, it's gonna get. Get juicy. It's gonna get crazy. It's gonna get crazy. Uh, but anyways, appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. Share it with a buddy. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a five star rating. Actually, I think we got a new uh, review on uh, iTunes. Let's yes. pull up real quick. Let's hit it. But uh, you know, appreciate everybody just leaving us reviews on iTunes. Y'all been fantastic. A lot of y'all just been leaving us five stars, which is great. Very, you know, uh appreciative uh for you guys doing that. But also super appreciative to the guys that are leaving us written reviews as well. So I think we just got one new written review that came mm-hmm. in. Yep. Um all right, so this is from Horns Down, uh, number one hunting podcast, five stars. Nothing better than this podcast if you're chasing deer or turkeys in the southern mountainous terrain, East Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Um, so, yeah, appreciate that. And like Jacob said, a lot of you guys have been leaving just regular five star reviews, which is definitely awesome. Y'all, y'all keep doing that. Uh, but also, if you leave a written review, um, we'll read it on the show. So we've gotten like, I don't know. 
30, 40 uh, five-star reviews that, that no one left a written review on. So I uh, haven't, haven't had many to read on the show lately. Y'all been leaving reviews, just not the written ones. So. No, no, y'all been leaving reviews on the Southern Waters podcast, which is greatly appreciated. Oh, yeah. Well. Here. Hey, you want to read one of those? Oh, I'll let you listen. Might, might as well. Let's see here. We appreciate everybody listening to the Southern Waters Fishing Podcast. Just, again, recorded one of those episodes mm-hmm. today as well. Super, super excited. Yeah. Man, it's been killing it. So, so yeah, thanks for all the support over there. This one is, uh, I'm not going to try to do that name because it's a bunch of random stuff, but uh, the subject is thankful daddy, five stars. I don't have a daddy that took me outdoors to hunt and fish. He worked so much that I'm a self-made outdoorsman. Now I take my son hunting and fishing as much as possible. He's on the fishing team in a school here in Georgia, and this podcast is helping me help him and his teammate. Thanks so much for the insight sharing this and the Southern Outdoorsman podcast with all I can. So mm. that's awesome. That's a great review. That's a fantastic review. Makes me feel good yeah, about it. I think we're at 51 reviews. Yeah. We're, so we're already above 50. The numbers have been great. A bunch of y'all have went over there. Um, y'all keep going. Keep keep heading over there and listen to that podcast. It's got to keep it growing. Absolutely. So appreciate that support. But guys, we you want you want to do a quick pitch on a, like a, the Josh Holly episode you just did? Like the you know, fishing eddies and stuff, just like fascinating. You got a little quick elevator pitch for that before we wrap this up? It, well, that was last week's episode. Well, okay, do that one. Yeah. That one's doing really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, one of the episodes we just dropped last week, which is a fantastic episode, is with Josh Hawley from Austin Properties. Probably have heard him. If you listen to the uh, the whole episode, um, he actually uh, is a, a new partner of the show as well, but works for Austin Properties. Uh, huge spotted bass fisherman. And he actually, t- we did a whole episode talking about fishing uh, current eddies which is a fascinating topic because I've never heard somebody breaking it down to the aspect that he did on fishing current and fishing these eddies in these rivers and these lake systems when they're pulling water to be very, very successful and and truly target specific areas and specific eddies for trophy size, small uh, small mouth, but also spotted bats, like very big fish. So definitely go check it out. Great episode. Unbelievable feedback so far on that episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah. And hey, like we say every single week, y'all stay southern. Look, last summer, y'all heard us talk a bunch about the Mobile Hunters Expo. It was an incredible event. A bunch of you guys came out to meet us. We got to talk to, I don't even know how many listeners. If you heard all that last year and you were like, dang, that sounded cool. I should have went to that. Here's your chance. You need to make it to this one. It's June 28th through June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. All right. Giving you a heads up here. So go ahead and mark it on your calendar. June 28th through June 30th, Dalton, Georgia is going to be the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. We're going to be there. A bunch of our past podcast guests are going to be there. There's going to be seminars. All of the mobile hunting companies are going to be there for you to try out gear before you buy it. It's like the one event of the year where all of the the, like the mobile hunter ecosystem just kind of congregates in one place. And Chris and Josh and the guys have done an absolutely phenomenal job putting this thing together over the last couple years. And it keeps getting better every year. So like I said, make sure you come see us. We're going to have a gigantic stack of free stickers to give away to every listener that stops by the booth. And we're going to have merch there to purchase. We're going to be recording podcasts, shooting videos, all kinds of stuff. So like I said, don't miss it. You can head on over to the mobilehuntersexpo.com to look at show schedules and dates and go ahead and grab your tickets. So y'all go check it out at the mobilehuntersexpo.com.